Alright guys, today we have here uh, Yunus Skeet, he's a third year mechanical engineering student, um, he's a good friend of mine and I frequently indulge in deep conversations <laughs> with him while sober. <laughs> Distracts me from all the work I'm supposed to be doing, <laughs> jeopardising my degree at the minute. But. <laughs> he does uh, mixed martial arts uh, with the Bristol Uni Society uh, with me and a whole uh, host of other things which we might get into towards the end of the podcast. So um, yeah, let's um, get right into this. And um, yeah, my, I guess, so taking back uh, to you know when you were doing your A levels, uh, you said uh, I, I was talking to him earlier, and you said uh, you changed the subjects you were going to pick like last minute. Can you go yeah. over that again? <laughs> so it's a bit of a funny story there. Um, do you want the full story? Full yeah, full story. story start. Full story. Yeah, from the start. Um, my dad is quite a business-oriented, scientific person, um, and he's the opposite of my mum, who's a very artsy, creative person. So my dad did graphic design, I believe. He was going to go into engineering, um, and my mum did literature and philosophy. Um, and I've kind of gotten half and half, um, but I swing from the art side to the sciences side. Um, so I was telling Derek last week, um, the day before my A-level submission deadline, um, I had in my head, I wanted to do government and politics, history, physics, and English literature. Um, And I was thinking about swapping the physics out for theology and philosophy. Um, In the end, I ended up doing maths, further maths, physics, chemistry, um, and physics. Um, No, maths, further maths, physics, chemistry, English literature, and physics. Um, and I think that's pretty much representative of how my life seems to be going I'll swing strongly towards the arts and humanities and then realise uh, maybe this isn't for me I'm not quite as good as the, 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 the historians or the real um, English literature students um, and then swing strongly back towards the sciences and the engineering um, and I think where I am now with regards to being on a mechanical engineering degree but enjoying the creative side, like the the podcast and the blog and all of that stuff, is trying to find a way to kill two birds with one stone with my career. This is this is a really interesting uh, point of discussion here. Um, yeah, so so I think not a lot of students would be in your scenario where, um, like for me, I know growing up, but like I knew strongly I'm gonna go get get into STEM because mm-hmm. I was good at maths and physics. You know, I wasn't really that good at you know English. Or any of those creative, you know, aspects. So this was this is a. I feel like this is a very unique like proposition in your life. Or uh, yeah. you, you must have been like good, back in school, been good at both the humanities and the arts, and also the STEM. Um. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of second best, as in I was never the best in the class, um, but I wasn't bad enough at any one thing that my teacher was like, maybe you shouldn't take this further, um, which had the opportunity of opening up a lot of doors um, because certain people, they just hated STEM or they hated the arts. um, And that kind of made their decision up for me. Um, And I can guess you kind of tell from the draft, the the drastic transition, um, that that wasn't the case for me. Um, And it still isn't. Uh, For example, like I'm thinking where to take my career. Either become an engineer going to something like engineering cells or going to business with an emphasis on working with people um, rather than working with things 
Um, and I think there's still a bit more of the discussion that I've been having for the past like five years on do I lie as a STEM guy, I'm a technical guy, or I'm, I'm all the creative, um, interpersonal guy? And I guess, no, um, most people don't have that pleasant predicament, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah this, this, is very, this is very interesting. Um, one of my thoughts uh, for you personally would be something like STEM, like going into STEM would be very, um, it's a safe bed, right? It's mm. a safe, safe, safe bed. Right, you're you're gonna be extremely employable. Whereas if you're going to something like the more of the humanities side, yeah, yeah, it's creative uh, and it might be you know even a bit more fun um, depending on your um, characteristics and your personality. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it'd be very hard to like support your life um, with that. So one of the ideas that you know I've I've I think I've heard in you know people in YouTube or something like that um, is trying to incorporate one with the other. Yeah. Um, going with the safe option and then but at the same time uh, having the side hustle and, and taking the creative um, idea as a side hustle you know um, and then when, co- when it comes to such a point where this, the side hustle makes enough money for you to support yourself then you can like just uh, just completely and utterly just go towards yeah. the, the creative aspect and the side hustle yeah. and I think a lot of people almost and I've fell victim to this almost assuming that the STEM and the arts are mutually exclusive. If you have to be a STEM person or you have to be an artistic person, um, and I guess I kind of challenged that, and I definitely had like head of years question what I was doing um, when I did my maths, further maths, physics, chemistry, and then English literature on the side, almost out of nowhere. But that was one I really wasn't too willing to give up. It felt like something. It felt like a box that really did need to be ticked. And I guess that that box is still there. Most of my boxes, probably why I'm I'm on mechanical engineering, a very technical course, I do feel like need to be ticked with the technicalities, with the sciences. That is where a lot of my passions lie. But I don't think I would be content if I didn't have that creative outlet, if I wasn't able to work with people to explore um, and to articulate in particular. I really like trying to get my point across. Um, and it turns out that's what engineers kind of need to do. It's all very well and good if you yeah. can produce this product, if you can un- analyse the systems. But when you step outside of working with other engineers, even within that realm, you kind of need to interact with the entire planet. And not all of the planet is engineers. Not all of the people work like you. Um so I'm optimistic I don't have to sacrifice either. Yeah, ex- yeah. so th- this is what I'm saying. Like, you can find, um, send it beforehand, before the podcast, you can find your own niche here. You have a mm. very, like, specialized set of, like, skills that I don't think many many engineers have. You, you'll find uh, when you go to engineering, there, there are very, there's a lot of smart people, you know, who are very technical, who are very, you know, they get good grades, but they can't really speak to people or relate with people mm. that well. So if you can do that, you can actually uh, you bring to a company a set of skills that other people don't necessarily have. Yeah. And the way that, you, that someone like Eunice can use that skill is um, is uh, you know being able to talk to the uh, higher management who necessarily don't have an engineering degree. You know they might have done business and then trying to communicate very technical ideas to um, to, to those types of people. I've I've actually found as you're sort of talking about possessing this like semi unique set of skills um, and then if I take that back to not quite being the best at the sciences or the best at the humanities um, there's really utility in every way you can be 
um, in every in every combination of where your powers lie um, and sort of thinking back to people myself included questioning whether or not doing English literature would be a benefit to me if I'm looking to go down engineering because for most of my A-levels I was right then I've done maths and further maths and then I've done chemistry on the side engineering seems like the natural progression and I'd actually say out of the A-levels that I've done so far English literature has been by far the most useful for engineering as well really um, just in a sense that what I'm grateful for studying engineering is the problem solving mindset people have said it for a while as an engineer part of your your employability comes from um, being able to identify problems and identify systems and provide solutions to that I've found um, for me I've almost create like my own definition of engineering um, and that's less rigidly scientific and it's more just becoming attuned to the needs and wants of those around you and adding value in your solution to that and for me that sounds like a very human facing role if I'm an engineer I'm producing products for people to use to better their life and I kind of need to understand people and the way I do that is through my communications and that's writing, and that's speaking, and those are the sorts of things that I spent most of my time focusing on in English. Um, so I'd say definitely if me giving advice to my previous self, if there is something you're interested in, um, if there is a part of you that you're looking to develop or nourish, absolutely do that, because that's a unique weapon to your arsenal, um, and you don't need to be the best scientist to go in into engineering or the best English student to go into more creative fields, there is a space for you that will sit well with where your unique set of powers lie. Um, and I've kind of had to spend time appreciating that, because if I look, I can't quite compete with the English students, yeah. and there's definitely people on my course who are way more technical than me, and I can't quite compete so I'll look and maybe they get 80s and I don't or this and that but there's places particularly in group projects where I'm able to shine where my unique set of skills where my communication coupled with the technical aspect works to benefit me the GCSE level students listening we're, we're saying all these things and it might be very this might like sound alien to you guys as you develop and grow, you really need to look within as well to try mm. and figure out where your strengths and where your uh, weaknesses are. Mm. And that just comes with experience and then and putting yourself out there, you know, into just different things. And it might be, like, you might even just like play, a, you know, play a sport or something like that. And you'll start to notice these things. Uh, you know, as long as you have this mentality of trying to like, you know, trying to figure that out, figure what, you know, what am I really good at? And, you know, what are my personal strengths? Mm. Over time, you will, like, uh, navigate towards towards those things. And then you can utilize that to basically carve a niche and yeah. find something that you are, like, absolutely excellent at uh, where other people, you know, can't compete with you kind of thing. But I think, yeah, that, that one requires a lot of resilience and a lot of patience. And I've been saying intentionally um, throughout this little interview that's kind of not where my powers lie and that was a really pivotal moment it was <laughs> it was a few days before um, one of my, my first exams um, back in January 
And one of my friends from London called me and we ended up having a nine hour conversation. <laughs> a nine hour conversation on the phone um, a few days before my exam. So I've made better decisions. Um, but at one point he was talking about one of his friends that he really appreciated, but he had some drawbacks. Um, and he went about it, but I kind of just can't expect that from him. That's not where his powers lies. And I love that because I think me looking around sort of trying to be jack of all trades, master of none, um, it's very easy to compare myself to people who are more academic than me, people who are more literate than me, um, people who are specialists of their trades. And I think especially when at this stage of your life, everyone's evaluating you, everyone's giving you a grade, everyone's saying basically if you can perform better, um, you are of more worth you can go to a better sixth form college you can go to a better uni um and there's only so far that that goes i think once you get out into the real world people realize we kind of need everyone to do this there's not just a select group of the top 10 percent that do best in exams who keep society ticking over and i think one of the things that i've been doing is finding where my niche is finding exactly where my powers lie and then I've got a lot of time to go and find a job that gets the best out of that. So um, I think I've realised I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to going into engineering. Um, I'm in my third year in mechanical engineering, so a third of my year this year is conducting a research project. Um, and I reached out to a company near me to do that with, um, and I really like the company. But sort of getting into the nitty gritty, I kind of realised like I can do this. Um, not quite as good as some of the people in my course. I can do it, but it's not ticking the boxes in the way that I want. Um, and I, I sort of pivoted from thinking maybe I'll become a mechanical engineer to maybe I'll go into engineering sales because that's where I can utilise the communication and the negotiations and I'm going to be interfacing from the technical, speaking to the specialists with you business people and stuff like that. Yeah, You say engineering sales. Can you explain more about exactly what that is? Engineering sales. Um, if the engineers produce the products, there needs to be someone that delivers the products to the customer. I see. Um, and oversees that interaction and makes sure that you're kind of tailoring the product to the customer um, I see. in the best way. So a lot of times this happens with like software companies. Um, say, for example, like the university uses Blackboard. I know my school used Blackboard. Um, the university will have a, a load of requirements. We want to be able to put lecture slides up there. We want to be able to do this, this, and uh, that. So Blackboard uh, for us is a, it's a website um, where we go and you know see our modules, see our mm -hmm. marks, and just things like that. University news and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the role of a software engineer would play um, is maybe the company's identified this is a potential customer. Um, you can go over to them, have a nice chat. That's what I like to do. Have a nice chat. Figure out okay, what is it that this client needs? Um, what is the cap the technical capabilities of my organisation and my product? And then I'll relay that back to more technical people. So I kind of need to understand the technicalities to tell the technical people what to do, when, and how. But I also get to spend almost the majority of my time in a more human-facing role. Um, and I've been exploring that alongside uh, mechanical engineering, alongside things entirely less technical. But I think that took 
looking around and thinking I'm not the most technical person out there and I can't quite compete with people on, on like English literature or marketing degrees but there are stuff right there out there um, if I search hard enough that wants exactly what I am um, and that was incredibly reassuring for me I think it's awesome. So everybody has like some innate skills that um, due to their genes or due to their environment that they'll naturally have tendency to go towards. Naturally, they have tendency to just be better at. But it's it's you also have to be uh, willing to uh, cultivate those skills and mm. try and put some effort into you know growing that uh, mm-hmm. skill set and that asset of yours. So that's that's the the other side of it. Because mm. um, I've I've also been. Um, contemplating sort of turning your weaknesses into strengths mm. versus doubling down on those strengths because um, I've realised like not everyone can run 100 metres in 10 seconds and it doesn't matter how hard you try you are not quite got the same genes as Usain Bolt um, but it doesn't mean your 20 seconds 100 metres is necessarily satisfactory so it's sort of I remember I've got an awful memory um, and I was very bad at German Similarly, I was very bad at statistics and maths, um, and I worked really hard on those, and those ended up being two of my best exams. Um, and as I've gone further down the line, it's a bit harder <laughs> to turn your weaknesses into your absolute strengths. Um, but I'm exploring, okay then, rather than maybe trying to change everything and flip it on its head, as I still try to do, um, why can't I try and be the person I kind of am, and to the best of my abilities, yeah. um, and to really hone in on roles and I'm discovering that at the moment which are suited to me because not every engineer is the most technical not every engineer just loves calculators and <laughs> and, and, and numerical methods I love doing calculus in the spare time <laughs> yeah some of us really do like the more overview the more managerial roles and the more human facing roles mm-hmm. um, so obviously my entire degree is about teasing that and refining that technicality yeah. Um, but there are other domains in which I can compete and I kind of need to respect my best interests and try and strengthen those as well. Yeah, so uh, so, yeah, so here is a guy that, um, you know, he's, he's done a mechanical engineering degree, but uh, he doesn't necessarily want to um, go into the engineering field. Would you say that, um, would, you, would, you, would you, first of all, would you say that you regret doing engineering? Looking back, would you do another degree? No. No, um, I still don't think there's any degree I could have done. Um, I considered oh, everything. <laughs> I considered philosophy, I considered English literature, I considered physics with philosophy, I considered physics, um, and I almost thought I'd find physics more interesting, um, but I kind of wanted that pragmatism. I like seeing the fruits of my labour. And I think engineering is one of the best degrees if you like to see, okay, I, I was able to apply myself to this um, and immediately this is this is what it means, this is what I can do with it. Um, and I enjoyed, first year was quite theoretical, second year became more practical. I enjoyed how the latter years of my degree have been literally learning stuff in the morning and then going and doing a coursework and seeing how that directly applies and seeing the products and the insights that I can produce um, from that knowledge um, and I really like that I think that's that's one of my strongest assets at this point is identifying okay based on what I know what can I do with that and again how can that be of value to people around me and I, I really do think that's that's 
um, a skill set and acumen developed by engineering better than any other degree. I'm uh, I'm really glad that you said that because um, you know uh, Steve Jobs uh, he he had a quote. He said, you can never connect the, the dots uh, looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. And what he meant by that, when he, before he dropped out of college, um, he, I think he was starting his company. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think he liked his course, but what he did was he, he flunked out of his actual like uh, modules and he attended this handwriting course. Um, <laughs> this like calligraphy, I think that's what, that's what it's called. Years later, right? years later when he was making his um, Mac product he used the knowledge that he gained in calligraphy mm. to uh, make the, the words on his first Mac definitely which which I think something like that is going to happen to you <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind being Steve Jobs <laughs> yeah I wouldn't mind that at all <laughs> whereas like you're, you're going to you're going to be you're going to look back into because like engineering is like there's, there's a certain sort of like mindset and like problem solving skills that you get uh, while you're in this degree and I, I think it's very very useful as an engineer li- literally you are trained for four years um, if you're doing you know maths at school it's the same thing to see a problem and try to see the solution mm. for it break it down into fundamental principles okay what's actually going on what are what are the laws uh, in application here and then thinking, based on what I know uh, um, and these principles, how can I solve that problem? And you'll find, I've found personally, the methods you go through trying to get 12 marks in an exam for your maths is the same as the methods that I'm going to when I'm speaking to people. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I think engineering has been so valuable for me um, is because I use it all day, every day. I use it in friendships, I use it in interpersonal relations, I use it in business endeavours. It's kind of looking and observing and thinking, okay, what's going on um, at surface level, underneath the surface, and based on what I can do, what value can I bring? What what new insights can I bring? Um, and I've, I've, I've found, yeah, definitely looking to um, calligraphy helping Steve Jobs instead of his degree. Um, there's almost no such thing as useless knowledge. Um, there's definitely excess knowledge. You can make the knowledge useless if you don't implement it in the same way, um, if you don't apply it in the right way. But again, thinking back to why on earth was I doing English literature if I wanted to become an engineering student? You can find in a way to apply it to be benefit to your career, to be benefit to you, and definitely to be of benefit to your life. So I really do... Um, just get behind this whole moral of the if you want to be Steve Jobs do calligraphy do something <laughs> do something that gives you a unique perspective exactly because exactly. you're being you're being trained I don't I don't want this almost to sound negative um, but when you engage with engineering you're coming off of the same sort of path um, and thought as, patterns as thought patterns as the other 120 people in your cohort um, and that's not that doesn't seem very human to me. I'm not like the other 120 people in my cohort. So for me, it's been important to okay then look at what are the other boxes that I want to tick, and definitely see as much value in ticking that um, alongside developing academically. And I remember my mum saying consistently when I was younger, um, I had bad handwriting initially, but presentation. 
about even if you're doing rubbish work, obviously I was never trying to do rubbish work, present it well. Because the first thing people will do is look at it and make that initial assumption before they read the essay. They want to see it presented well. And stuff like that, you may think, how does that have benefit to an engineer? How does that have benefit to me? It's just my handwriting and everyone can read it anyway. I've found taking pride in my appearance and the way I do things in every way, even Derek complimenting me on my outfit. <laughs> every <laughs> time, <you> know, <laughs> every <laughs> bro, this guy dresses so well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that came from some potentially useless knowledge that wasn't going to help me better my aspirations of getting an A-star or becoming an engineer. Um, but just that pride in my appearance and how I go about things, I'd say means... In a lot of senses, I'm just instantly taken more seriously. And that couldn't be of more benefit to me when I'm trying to communicate my ideas and I'm trying to progress through life. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be Steve Jobs, do some calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you do outside of engineering then, um, apart from <laughs> apart from mixed martial arts? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about this. I don't actually like talking about stuff like this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yes. So at the moment, what my weeks look like is I spend Mondays and Tuesdays um, doing engineering work. I spend Wednesdays doing business stuff. I spend Thursdays and Fridays doing engineering work. Saturdays doing MMA and business stuff. And then I do absolutely nothing on Sundays and rest and recuperate. Um, and that came off the back of last year trying to grapple with uh, a lot of work to do and finding myself again not quite having ticked all of those boxes. It was great that I was, I was stimulated by my engineering degree, but I wanted something more. Um, so I tried to block off entire days to make sure that my week reflected my constitution, not just an engineer, but I had other stuff going on. Um, so this morning um, I was working on... Um, a little sort of business startup that I'm, that I'm pursuing um, and that's in the transport industry it's looking at transport intelligence so basically you analyse what is going on on the national scale with your with your transport networks and use that insight to better and optimise these networks and again um, for me that was pulling in a lot of the systems analysis a lot of the engineering stuff um, but within that project I have the least technical role possible. I'm telling people what to do, when, um, where, why, and how. Um, and I don't have to touch a single equation or a single line of code, but I like surrounding myself in that environment. Um, so that's what I was doing this morning. Um, it was funny Derek actually asked me to be on a podcast because um, I also run a podcast in which I talk about personal development. Um, and that has been one of the most cathartic experiences I've had because um, I get to tick the the sort of technological box all day and then just enter a completely different headspace um, and chat to people as I as I enjoy doing um, and again sort of thinking how does how does speaking about personal development help me be an engineer um, spending that much time sort of focusing on myself and trying to understand what's going on um, with me for my own interest, not because I want to get higher grades, not because I'm seeking career progression, generally just because I kind of have to live with the person that I am. So it makes sense if I could um, understand that person has benefited me greatly. Yeah. Um, so those are the two 
main things alongside MMA um, that I like to do um, with my career, with my time. Um, yeah. Cool. Does require a lot of time management. It does require a lot of time management, and I've spent a lot of time kind of thinking: Am I stretching myself too thin? Should I be doing this? Should not? Um, for example, even just last week, um, as I said before, a third of my year this year is a research project that I'm doing with a company, um, and I'm not a coder by any stretch. And I got onto the heavy coding part of my course of my project, and it's kind of like ah. Maybe I've bitten off more time than I can che- more than I can chew. Maybe I need to cut out my Wednesdays and my Saturdays and spend more time doing engineering. Um, and in the end, I was I was I was having a conversation with a friend about this, and she was like um, saying, maybe sacrifices need to be made. And I kind of sat there and thought, if I make sacrifices with my time, I'm genuinely making sacrifices for the person I want to be and how I want my life to look. And I just said, I'll find a way of doing it the way I'm currently doing it um, and that's more just I want to make sure that I'm growing in, in several different directions because it gives me fulfilment doing so um, so I, I take the stuff that I do outside of my degree just as seriously as the stuff that I do in my degree um, to make sure that that's happening um, if we if if you're talking to someone that someone out there maybe who um, are not really sure that they want to do engineering, but they're good at maths and things like that, and who who like have aspirations to start a business or or maybe I don't know, yeah, basically start a business, go into apprenticeship. Do you have any advice for them? What would you say with regards to finding your path? Finding your to... path, yeah. Fi- uh, in terms of, I'm not too sure. I don't have enough experiences to make a good judgment call. Uh, I think I'm just going to go to the university because you know that's what everyone else is doing. Um, any sort of advice uh, for the, for that kid there, who's like not sure exactly what to do? It might be go to university, do engineering, or it might be go and do an apprenticeship or start a, start your own business. Because for him, it wouldn't really make sense if he knows for sure to to go to university and pay nine thousand a year. But at the same time, it's kind of scary um, mm. not to do that because. You know, everyone else is you know going to university and like, you're starting a business. You don't, you're only eighteen. What do you know? You know, what, um, what would you say what your experiences are uh, relating to your own life? Relating to my own life. In terms of, did you know like you you, you were gonna um, I don't know like be on this path of self discovery and like no, start? A hundred percent. I had no idea, um, basically, that any of the things that happened once I came to uni would happen. I knew that uni was what I wanted to do. Um, by the time it came round to it, I was pretty set on engineering. Um, so I, I, uh, I feel like I'm almost not the, the, the person to give the best advice from experience about what to do if you're unsure of that path. What I would say, though, is there's no need to rush. Genuinely, there's no need to rush. What I've said to friends who have been unsure about going to uni, not going to uni whether you're you're taking a year out or pursuing, as you said, apprenticeships or going straight into work, um, there really is no need to rush at all. You have so much time ahead of you. Um, and it's easy to look around and think, everyone's on that train, everyone's progressing, everyone's doing something I'm not. But as we were saying earlier, there's no useless information, there's no useless knowledge. Exactly, and yeah. I think if you stay in that mindset of, 
applying staying stimulated that's one thing I think that's very important especially for me staying stimulated and applying yourself to understanding yourself and understanding what's going on around you it may not be beneficial to you becoming the engineer you wanted to be but your loyalties aren't towards the engineer you wanted to be your loyalties are towards yourself Mm. and if you can stay on that path of growth if it looks like going to uni do it if it looks like taking a year out do it um but then again i had quite supportive parents i think they knew i wanted to go to uni um and i don't think they would have had huge objections to me saying um maybe i don't but i know that's completely different the last person i'm thinking back to a family friend um their parents are really on them to go to uni to go to uni and i was just saying you have a lot of time just make sure what you're doing not necessarily you're doing it with absolute conviction because sometimes you don't know and you just need to try but you're doing it for yourself mm. um, and you're doing it with the right mindset because mm. again it doesn't want to be bleak but you can waste just as much time at uni as you can if you didn't have a job or you weren't going somewhere if this this information and these lessons that you're learning are going in one ear and out the other because your heart's not there mm. um, so that's my advice if I answer your question well enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 all perspectives are good perspectives to listen to. Mm. And individuals can take what they want to hear at that time. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, w- one thing I, w- I would l- like to add to that is if you're not sure, you are paying £9,000 a year. Um, but the thing is, if you go to university, so many opportunities open up, it's ridiculous. And the number of people that you meet is just mm. absolutely ridiculous. And also... It's the type of people that you'll never ever be able to meet. Otherwise, if you say, because for me myself, I I am from a small town, um, and people that I've met from in university uh, or for people like for some people I've had in um, this podcast from Malaysia, mm. um, Europe, South America, um, older people, younger people, you know, thirty-two year olds um, coming back to university to, to get their masters because they only have their bachelors. Um, um, and just yeah, it's, just, it's it's honestly the opportunities are endless, and um, it's not you don't have to know for certain, all right. Uh, at at eighteen, that you if you if you need to if you want to go to university mm-hmm. and if you want to do like a STEM subject, but that said, I would also say uh, you know I I know that I said all that, but I would also like to add, it's good to choose like a safer option. Um, and to choose a safer option, a, a safer option um, in terms of because I feel like going to universities would be a safer option. But if you have like other passions, do it as a side hustle first, right? And once you know for sure, no, this is something that I really want to do, like the side hustle. I mean, and you, once you get to the point where you can actually support yourself and provide, um, you know, pro- uh, make enough money with that side hustle, then you can. And pushed all your energy into that, into into the into your side hustle. Mm. In my opinion, that is my opinion. By the way, um, I know other people that I listen to in YouTube, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he he says completely different thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my advice. But I think that might be a good place to end on, unless yeah. you want to add something to it. No, I feel um, like we've touched on a lot of bases. A lot of, yeah, different um, topics, and it's been enjoyable. so thank you for having me on (laughs) no worries thank you for coming on Um, I'll see you in the next episode guys